The energy transition is a long and winding road, and it needs to be taken step by step. Learn more at SiemensEnergy.com. This is Barron's Live. Each weekday, we bring you live conversations from our newsrooms about what's moving the market right now. On this podcast, we take you inside those conversations, the stories, the ideas, and the stocks to watch so you can invest smarter. Now, let's dial in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Barron's Live Market Watch Edition. I'm Alessandra Melito, a retirement reporter at Market Watch, and today with me is Burke. Sestock, Certified Financial Planner at Retirement Wealth Partners. Welcome, Burke. Thanks so much for joining me today. Allie, thank you so much for having me on. I'm, I'm delighted to do this. So today is what I think will be a very exciting and interesting conversation on student loans and retirement savings. Both of them are very important. You have to contribute to both, but um, sometimes it can seem a little stressful on how much you should do or what you should do. And with the current news about student loan forgiveness, people are probably at a pause on what to do. <laughs> so I am just going to dive right in, if that's OK with you. Sounds great. So my first question is, just generally speaking, how do student loans affect retirement savings? Sure. Um... So uh, certainly the obvious answer is income diverted to pay off student loans means less retirement savings. Um, to, to do like a real quick math thing, if you uh, come out of college with $150,000 student loan balance, uh, that could take you 10 years to pay off. Um, con uh, conversely, if you were not saddled with student debt and were able to max out your retirement plan um, you know, with some nominal market growth, uh, and you, you do that for 10 years, you may have $300,000, which you know, is a $450,000 swing. Um, that, that's a huge difference uh, when you're planning for your future. Yeah, absolutely. And in your experience, who suffers the most from having to pay down student debts and you know balance that with retirement savings and other financial obligations? I know a lot of times we think of the younger crowd, those just out of college, but does this ever affect any other age groups as well? Sure. So the younger crowd, of course, is, is the obvious answer. Um, but what I see frequently in, in my line of work is that parents who agree to take on student debt, whether it's through plus loans or private loans, um, then also can potentially impact their retirement savings and, and preparedness. Um, one of the most challenging things I see uh, also comes with the, the emotional aspect of it. So I'm working with clients where they've made a promise that they're going to pay off the loans for their kids, um, but they're not ready. And I have to have a really tough conversation with them and say, you know, listen, your, your kids are doing well financially now. Maybe they're five to seven years out of school. And even though you made that promise, it's probably in your interest to say, hey, kids, um, you know, we need you to help out and help make these payments. So uh, as you can imagine, um, that, that's really challenging for a parent who's made a promise to their child to potentially have to go back on it. Um, you know, hopefully it doesn't come up often, but I, I am seeing it and, and, and that's it's tough and it's a tough conversation for me to have with my clients. Yeah, actually, you bring up a really great point. You know, we, we always think about the student or the, the graduate who's paying off the student loans. But what about people who um, actually want to help their child avoid student loans and maybe are trying to contribute 
to their own retirements at the same time? Like how do, do you see that ever affect someone's retirement security all, prior? All the time. All the time. Um, you know, when I work with clients, whether uh, they're professionally employing me or I'm doing pro bono work, um, this is a big topic. And it, it is, you know, how do you make that decision? How do you tell your kids, uh, I'm going to help you, but uh, potentially also know or maybe not even be aware that you're damaging your ability to have, you know, a retirement or future financial independence. Um, when the clock is up, there's no going back on that. So, um, you know, I, I encourage people all the time to, to, to do the math, work with a planner, seek some assistance. And, and, and before you share that decision with your kids, have a plan in place so that you don't overcommit. Yeah, absolutely. I hear not that this is ideal, but I hear, um, you know, you can get a loan for college, but you can't get a loan for your retirement. So, yeah, that, that's almost become cliche in the 20 years that I've been serving as a financial planner, but it still holds true. Um, you know, it, there, there has to be a better plan. Um, whether or not you want to get into it on this conversation, uh, one of the things that I work with uh, with my clients a lot is college is, is starting to really become a business decision more than a personal one. The, the math has to make sense. And if you can pay uh, twenty or $25,000 for college versus $50,000, something you really need to consider. Are you going to get that money back? Who's going to pay the debts if it's not, uh, you know, fully affordable? These yeah. things thought about. Oh, I mean, that's a whole, that's a whole other conversation. Um, uh, but it's, it's a really important one. Just thinking about the impacts in the future on, you know, based on a decision that you're making when you're, you know, 17, 18 years old, it's, it's, there's a lot there. Um, but before we, you know, try diving into that. Uh, another question I had was about the recent news. So the government announced recently a one-time forgiveness of up to 20000 for some borrowers, depending on if they have Pell Grants or not. Um, what do you think the impact might be for retirement savers or retirement savings? Sure. So, um, you know, ignoring the politics of it, if you have student debt and now you have ten dollars to $20,000 less student debt, uh, this is a massive opportunity. Uh, for you to now use that money that you would be using towards paying off student loans to contribute to your retirement. Um, however, this also happens to be the first time in a really, really long time that we're getting hit with crushing inflation. Um, so uh, yes, take that opportunity and make sure you save some of the money that should have went to student loan payments that now doesn't have to and redirect it to your retirement savings. Um, one of the things that I like to encourage really everybody to do if they're not already in the position of being able to max out the retirement plan savings is, uh, you know, I say to do this with raises, but now if you don't have to pay student loans, increase at least 1% your contribution to your retirement plans so that you force yourself into to making that savings. If it's not in your paycheck, you're not going to miss it because it, it wasn't there in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. I actually um, I have more questions on that. But first, I just want to take a minute to remind the audience to please submit questions. If there's anything that you want to ask, we will be getting to that later on in the session. So just uh, 
share away. <laughs> so uh, this next question is a two-parter. I'll start with this part though. For the people who do get some sort of student debt forgiveness, but still have more to pay down, so say that 10,000 or 20,000 didn't wipe out their, their debt completely, how should they prioritize paying down the debt, saving for retirement, and of course, you know, managing all the other financial obligations that we as a society have? Sure. So um, I think first thing, if you haven't done this already, take a look at whether debt consolidation makes sense for you. There are still opportunities for that to work out really well. Um, it's gotten a little bit harder with higher interest rates, but there's still opportunities. So that's that's set one. If you can pay less over time because you can better get a better interest rate on your student loans, you should do that. Um, then when it comes to saving for retirement, um, I think this is important for all viewers, like really the minimum goal for savings for retirement is 10% of your income um, with a target over time of getting to 20% of your income. There's mathematical reasons for that that I'm not going to get into now because it's kind of long-winded, um, but you want to shoot for that 10%. If you are young and 10% sounds you know, astronomical to even consider, um, please remember that you can also include any employer match you get to your retirement plan in that 10%. So if you're getting a 3% match at work, then your personal target should be a minimum of 7%. Um, so I hope that helps uh, give a focus around that. Yeah, absolutely. And I actually just, I was wondering, can you expand a little bit on the employer match? So just, you know, why is it important to try to meet it? And if you can't meet it, because maybe even that like five or 6% is too much at this current time, what, what can you do to either prepare or just try to eventually attain that, that match? Sure. So you got to do whatever you can to get the company match. Um, with all the social media things offering free money, this is actually a free money scenario. Whatever your cor corporation or employer is offering, as long as you put that per percentage in that they require, sometimes it's put in 3% and you'll get 3%. Sometimes it's you need to save 6% and you get a 50% match to get the 3%. And, and that 3% number can differ by employer, but you gotta go find out what they're willing to match and you absolutely need to figure out how to make sure that happens in your retirement plan unless there's just no other path of solution, like don't turn down free money. I understand there's an obligation there that you have to put a little bit of your income in there to get it as well, but th this is mandatory. There's, when it comes to retirement savings, this is the number one thing. You have to get the free money. Yeah, definitely. And so the second part of my question was for those whose student debts have been completely wiped out, because of this forgiveness, what is one way to allocate at least a portion of that freed up money to retirement savings, especially when people are juggling other financial responsibilities, like I said, but also other goals. Like they might think that that freed money should go towards uh, buying a house one day or starting a business or just anything that they really want to achieve. Sure. And, and all of those goals are, are very noble and they too require savings. Um, there's a few other ways that you can access that money, whether it's, it's loans, uh, um, you know, available through banks, uh, and so on. But, uh, I mentioned it earlier, uh, that, that increase your savings 1% when you get a raise, uh, in this situation, you've got an artificial raise because now you don't have to make your student loans, make sure some of the payments that were going to go to 
those student loans are now going to your retirement savings. Um, if you're concerned, and I get this question a lot as a planner, uh, well, I don't want to oversave to my retirement plan because maybe I do want to fund a home in, in the future. Um, okay, so you, you, your retirement plan frequently offers uh, loan provisions. Uh, there is a $10,000 uh, IRS exclusion that allows you to take money from your retirement plan if it's for a new home purchase. So um, you don't have to understand all of that today, but you have to understand that there are some opportunities that you can fund under the goals. So don't be afraid to put the money in your retirement plan. And if you do need help, you know, reach out to somebody like myself. Um, you know, there are many planners, particularly certified financial planners that are willing to field questions. We do it all the time at my firm. Uh, a little pro bono advice goes a long way to setting people on the right track. And, and that's why I got into this business. Yeah, definitely. So for the novice retirement saver, what's the first thing that they should do right now to begin saving for retirement, whether they have student loans or not? Sure. So it's, it, we kind of already touched on like my, my first thought there, which is making sure that you get that employer match, right? Um, if you're doing that, and I don't want to beat it to death, but if you're if you're doing that, now you're building your wealth. You know, if it's, if it's that three percent match, you're getting double the savings by participating in it. Um, the other thing that I think is, is critical, and I know that you've journaled about it plenty of times, um, is identifying whether or not you should be saving into a Roth style plan or a traditional style plan. Um, I like to use the benchmark, and, and this isn't a mathematical one because we just don't know what's gonna happen when we look to the future, how tax rates are gonna move. But in general, if your effective tax rate is under 20%, it's probably a good idea to at least select the Roth style plan uh, for a portion of your savings, if not all of it. Uh, a question that usually comes along with that, well, what is my effective tax rate? Right? People look and they, you know, I feel like everybody understands uh, the marginal tax rates that the federal government puts out there. Your effective tax rate is literally calculated by going tax UO on your federal tax return, uh, identifying your state tax return and look for that tax UO line, adding those numbers together and divide it by your gross income. Um, Whatever that percentage is, that's what you're actually paying in income tax. That's your effective tax rate. So if it's under 20%, seriously consider using Roth. Uh, it's going to work better for you long term. The main reason for that is money put into Roth. You pay the income tax now, but it is forever tax free. And that's the best type of growth that you can ask for. Uh, imagine 20, 30 years of, of compound growth and in investments and never paying a tax on it again. Yeah, that's pretty nice. <laughs> um, and just because you got me thinking about it before when you were mentioning parents, um, do you have any, any any other advice for parents who, if they want to contribute to their child's college funds, but they also have to contribute to their own retirements because that's down the line, um, is there anything else that they should do or any vehicles or you know strategies that they should consider? Sure. So I, I'm hoping most of your viewers are aware of a 529 plan. Um, that's your college savings plan, um, which essentially works very similar to a Roth IRA. Money saved and invested into it. The growth comes out tax free when used for qualified higher education expenses. So um, that's important to know. Uh, I'm based in New York. So, it, uh, you know, just going on New York state tax laws. Uh, if you contribute up to $10,000 a year into that 529 plan, you do get a deduction for it. That's only off the state income tax. It's not federal. Um, 
you can go to uh, savingforcollege.com uh, or is it .org? Uh, correct me on that one if you recall and saved into my browser. Um, but if you go to Saving for College, uh, that website is a treasure trove of everything you need to know about college savings, the plans you should select, and the tax treatment that you will receive for it. Um, then how do you balance it against retirement? Um, plug for myself, you should work with a, a qualified financial planner who's going to be able to help you make those decisions if you're not familiar with all the ins and outs of the moving parts of a financial plan. Yeah, no, that's that's really wonderful advice. Thank you. And um, so I know we talked about this a little bit, but for those who perhaps can't afford to pay down the rest of their student debt and save for retirement, how can they like what are some things that they should do to prepare for it in the future as far as, you know, how they'll be able to tackle the, you know, contributing to a retirement account? Is it like looking through your credit card statements or is it just trying to anticipate what the expenses will be in the next year or two? What are some ways to plan ahead? Sure. So um, don't go it alone. Uh, you know, I'm really not trying to plug myself here. That's not the objective, but there are plenty of financial planners all throughout the country um, that are willing to help you. They're willing to do a 15 minute phone call just to hear a quick scenario, the thoughts you're thinking, or maybe answer a poignant question uh, and, and we'll do it for free. Like seek out that advice. Um, I sit on the board of directors for the financial planning association. And I know hundreds of my colleagues that, that do this. Uh, you just got to ask around, but like all great things, you got to ask to receive uh, the opportunities out there for you. So, get, you know, get what help you can for free um, because you're going to make better decisions if you're working with somebody who's qualified to, to, to be able to advise you. Um, this may be an aggressive statement, but I'm going to say hustle, right? Um, your employer is not going to be loyal to you. Those days have set sail a long time ago. So um, this being an employee market, keep your eyes open to opportunities to move to a different corporate ladder if your upward mobility in your own company or employer isn't there. Um, you know, people are making job moves all the time. Uh, go out and get yours. There could be another 10, 20, 30, $50,000 of salary that's available for you doing the exact same thing that you're doing. Um, of course, you want to examine uh, the cultures of the new company that you're going to. You don't want to move into a worse position, but um, yeah, money doesn't buy happiness, but you know, an extra 50 grand uh, certainly <laughs> heads to your bottom line each month and makes a lot of other decisions easier. So get out there and hustle. Um, and, and don't be afraid to do it. Uh, the days of the employers carrying are gone. And yeah, you don't want a choppy re uh, resume, but I know dozens of people whose resumes are, you know, have job changes on it. And people just don't care right now. Employers don't care. They need employees, make some money. And then again, use that 1% rule or 2% rule. You know, take some of that raise that you're getting, some of the student loan repayment money that you're, you're getting and, and put it back to work. Definitely. And my last question, at least for now, what are the consequences of waiting too long to begin saving for retirement? If, say, someone does prioritize paying down student debt or another goal instead of contributing to their uh, retirement account? Sure. So, you know, the obvious answer is, is not being able to retire. Um, but to, to, to dive deeper in that, what I see in my work is 
people who think that they have 10, 15 years more to work and then get sick or suffer a disability uh, or a, a long-term illness that they just couldn't predict. And they were banking on 10 to 15 more years of working and now they can't. I don't have a lot of solutions for those situations. If you don't have the money that you need, you know, you, you, you may be relegated to a small retirement savings uh, and then, uh, you know, Social Security. And I see this. This is not, not a, a weird phenomenon. It's a very common one. And my heart breaks when I meet with people, uh, frequently widows or widowers uh, in their 70s and 80s that are, you know, running out of money and attempting to make a, a you know, what was a potentially $4,000 of social security, which is now cut in half because of the loss of their spouse, uh, $2,000 of social security to make that check, have it make the ends meet. And it's, it's just not a product, um, uh, or I'm sorry, a solvable situation. Um, you know, what do you do there? Uh, I've got a lot of reasons for why this happens and you can ask me about them if you want, but you know, don't, don't delay, right? We, we say start early and people are, and I think that the American mindset is that, well, I'm going to work to 65. 65 seems to be the happy number that people talk about, whether or not it's real, right? You may not be able to work to 65. So start early. And, and when you start early, it just makes it easier on yourself. Yeah. And I think people get a little too hooked on thinking that they need to contribute a substantial amount of money each paycheck or each month towards a retirement account. But I've written stories where even just contributing a few dollars, you know, $50 even at most in some situations is better than nothing because you're building that savings habit. And you're also, you are accumulating money with compound interest and stuff over time. Sure. The number of people that I, I meet with and, you know, whether they're working with my firm or not, doesn't matter. They could be five or six years out of college and they started saving and they were doing something as simple as just putting in the amount for their employer match. And five years out of school, they're like, I have $70,000 in my retirement plan. I never thought I'd have $70,000 in my life. <laughs> and it's not putting a dent in, in their salary, right? Like, so, you know, if you're making 50 grand or, you know, that's 1500 bucks a year. Uh, it's $112 roughly a month that you're, you're going to be putting into payment. Plus you get the tax deduction. If you end up doing it on the traditional side, you might not even feel it. Yeah. Imagine that five years of working 70 grand in an account. Not bad. <laughs> 10 years, double in compound. And you know, it, it might be 170,000. Like these things add up, they make the difference. And unfortunately the way our, our, our world is set up now, uh, it's on you. It's on you to make that saving. So start early um, and it compounds and it works out great and it won't be, you won't feel painful. Yeah. So uh, we have some viewer questions. I'm just going to dive right into those. Um, Daniel asked, is it wise to keep on paying the student loan or just wait until Biden signs the student loan forgiveness? I've been paying my student loan all these, all this, you know, past year to avoid paying the interest rate. Okay. So, um, Yes, paying down your student loans has been helpful. Um, the interest rate has been suspended for quite some time since the start of the pandemic. So you've had the opportunity to actually avoid paying that interest rate. Uh, it doesn't lower your student 
loans, of course, but it also hasn't been increasing them. Um, if you have more than $10,000 of, of student debt and you're comfortable making the payments, keep paying it because, uh, you know, it depends upon if you're going to qualify for ten dollars or $20,000. If you think your whole student loan is definitely going to be eliminated, I'd probably hold off. Let's, let's wait and see. But don't make this mistake. Don't spend the money, right? If it's the payment that you're going to make, divert it to a savings account. Um, you know, the sad state with inflation, we have higher interest rates. You're actually going to get some yield on your savings account now. Um, do that. Make sure the money's set aside. And then if all your loans aren't forgiven, you still have a lump sum that you can then choose what you want to do with it, whether it's invest or pay into the student loans to hopefully knock that balance out. Hope that yeah. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but that interest rate pause is continuing on until December 31st. That's right. We've got, you know, three and a half more months of no further interest rate. Yeah, definitely. And uh, Amanda asked, could you talk a little bit more about those plus loans or just what parents should know about signing, uh, signing student loans for their children? Sure. So um, I'm not exactly sure what information you're seeking on that, but the, the plus loan is essentially a, a parent program so that, um, you know, if the parents want to take the debt on instead of putting it on the name of their child, that they have that opportunity to do so. Um, it, it's really a choice, right? Um, that, that's kind of it. Uh, interest rate wise, it's going to be around the same as, as a federal loan program direct for the student. Uh, I do encourage if, if your parents are considering uh, taking a plus loan that they at very least have you take the uh, Stafford loans that are available to you because they tend to come with a slightly lower interest rate. Um, they're limited in what you can receive. Um, then you can back up uh, with plus loans, uh, the difference. And uh, while you have the Stafford loans, you can defer the payments and the interest until after you graduate. The interest does accumulate, though, while you're not paying it. So just be aware of that. Yeah, absolutely. And Kevin asked, I have under $15,000 after the debt forgiveness. I'm saving for a house and wedding and retirement. I have funds to completely wipe out the 15000 in one shot. Is that a good idea or do you recommend paying down slowly? Thank you. Um, this comes back to what is the interest rate that's on your loans and if it's still possible can you debt consolidate and get a lower interest rate that's a lot of goals and congratulations on your on your upcoming nuptials uh, and and looking forward to purchasing a house that, that's great um it's a it's a balancing act and i don't know in this quick q a whether or not i can hit exactly what answer you're seeking um but check out the interest rates first i'm usually not a pay down aggressively your student loans type advisor, but there's certain situations where it makes sense and, and where it doesn't. Sorry to be vague. Uh, feel free to reach out to me if you want to talk specifically after this. Yeah, no, I think that makes a lot of sense. Like everything with personal finance, it's always a balancing act. Yeah, um, no, I hate the, the, the it depends answer is so true. frustrating, but it, it, it is very true. And the last thing I want to do is fire off a piece of advice that ends up backfiring. So yeah, absolutely. Um, it's true. It's it always depends. I say it all the time. <laughs> it depends. <laughs> um, and Brent asked, do you recommend utilizing a loan from your 401k to pay some or all of a residual balance after the student loan forgiveness in this economic environment? OK, so it depends. 
Um, Brett, uh, here, here are some of the things that you should think about. Um, again, check the interest rates. Can you consolidate and not have to consider the 401k loan? If you consider the 401k loan, there's two important things to put into the factors. Um, the first is when you borrow from a 401k, you are paying yourself back the interest, right? So yeah, you might get a student loan interest deduction on your tax return, but all of the interest that you pay on the 401k loan goes back into your 401k. So you're basically paying interest to yourself. That makes it a better style loan in most circumstances. However, here's the flip side of it. If you think that during the course of your loan, you may change positions or leave the company that you're employed with, your 401k loan may be instantly due payable. So if you don't have the money to pay that loan, it now becomes a taxable event and you're going to get a 1099 for that loan. More companies are starting to offer opportunities to continue your payments of your 401k loan, even if you sever from the company, but you need to check those rules before you consider doing it. And since you don't know where you might be moving to, you can't yet inquire to your future employer whether or not they'll transfer the loan. That is an option, but it's it's not often that that comes through. Hope that helps. Yeah, definitely. So um, we don't have too much time left, but I wanted to just ask you there, like, you know, as we've been speaking for the last 30 minutes, there is a lot to cover here when it comes to student debt and retirement. Is there anything else that you think is important for our viewers to know in regards to, you know, this very um, important, sometimes stressful balancing act? Um, yeah, I, I, the internet is awesome, right? Almost all the answers are out there. Um, the hard part is coordinating the balancing act, like you said, to know with the fire hose of information that you can get on the internet, what's the right way to put those puzzle pieces together. Uh, again, I always advocate free, go get some free help. If you can find it, you know, seek out somebody like myself. Um, and then Sometimes you got to pay for help, but if you seek a certified financial planner, which is a really good place to start, you're probably going to get a very good return on value if you pay for that help. So if you're not sure what to do, consider, consider working with somebody, it, you, you know, just like a good accountant, you're going to save the money by not making mistakes. And if you work with a planner, you're not going to know the mistakes you would have made had you not gotten the assistance. So. Uh, again, shameless plug, maybe, but it, it's the truth. Get, get, get whatever help you can. Absolutely. So unfortunately, that is all the time that we have for today. Thank you so much for being here, Burke, and thank you to our audience for tuning in. We hope you listen to our next episode tomorrow. Baron Senior Managing Editor Lauren Rublin and Associate Editor for Technology Eric Savitz discuss the outlook for tech companies and individual stocks. In addition, please join Market Watch for the Best New Ideas and Money Festival on September 21st and 22nd in New York City. Please see the chat box for details. Thank you all again so much for listening. We hope you stay safe and have a really great day. The energy transition is a long and winding road, and it needs to be taken step by step. Learn more at SiemensEnergy.com.